and I keep running into people who are hanging on to jobs that they really don't like anymore because they're afraid of what's next. And that's just the perfect segue into, again, why we wrote this book, because you and I have gone through this journey, and, and our passion is to help other people not be afraid of it, but get excited about what's next. This is Hans Finzel. Welcome to the Leadership Answer Man. This is a show for leaders about taking your leadership skills to the next level. Whether you are a seasoned leader or just starting out, I promise to give you practical leadership tips that you can use this week. No matter what your leadership situation is, I can help. Remember, leaders make things happen. My passion is to help you lead more effectively. Hey, welcome to this podcast. I'm so excited to have as my guest today, the co-author of my our new book, Launch Your Encore, Rick Hicks, Dr. Rick Hicks. Hey, welcome, Rick. Hey, good to be with you, Hans. I'm kind of jealous. I'm here in Colorado today, and uh, we are expecting 18 inches of snow this weekend. <laughs> How's your weather report? Well, I'm in Hawaii right now, and we think there are going to be 18 uh, coconuts coming down today, so we, we should be we should be in the ballpark. <laughs> Great. Well, I'm taking a departure today from my normal direction about uh, leadership, and the next three episodes, uh, we're talking to all of you boomers and children of boomers about uh, launching your encore. What's what's next? Finding meaning and purpose later in life. Uh, Rick and I wrote this book, uh, finished it about a year ago, and it's coming out. About the time you're going to be hearing this original broadcast of this podcast, it'll be coming out from Baker Books, Launch Your Encore, Finding Meaning and Purpose Later in Life. We like to say it's a game plan for what's next after your main act career is over. So um, the book is for any baby boomer. It's for any child of a baby boomer that would like to know what their parents are going through right now. It's what I call the Jay Leno effect. Jay Leno loved his career, but he was forced out when he turned 65, and he had to find uh, the next thing to do. Now, of course, he has the advantage of having a lot of money, but uh, seven to 10,000 boomers are turning uh, 65 every single day for the next 10 years. And there are a lot of us are asking the question, what's next? So, Rick, uh, how did it come about that we wrote this book? Well, you know, Hans, you and I met uh, probably pretty close to 20 years ago in this group. We were both CEOs of major mission organizations, and we had an annual meeting. And and for the very beginning, you and I kind of hit it off when we always kind of thought alike. And you and I both had written books on, on baby boomers. We, uh, and we'd written some other books. And we just kind of talked a lot. And as our careers moved along, it seemed like things were, in a sense, winding down. Not that our energy was or even our impact was, but, but uh, there was a sense that, that our careers were going to end as we knew them. You know, we talked about it, and I studied, we'll talk about this later, I kind of studied this whole area academically. And the more we talked as authors, as kind of buddies, we just kind of said, you know, we ought to really, as we're going through it, we ought to kind of document this, research it a little bit more, and share with the people so many, so many thousands of people, like you say, you know, seven to 10,000 every day are turning 65, and many are clueless as to what to do next. And so we talked and we just kind of said, hey, let's put our writing skills together. Let's put our leadership skills together, our our friendship, 
our analytics and let's just see if we can get something out there that will help people in this new stage of life. And and we really got together and started talking firmly about it. It was a, a, at a meeting that we had in Hawaii, this same meeting I'm here for right now. Uh, it was about five years ago. We went out by the poolside and we got a a pen and some paper, and we just kind of started outlining things, and um, that was the beginning, and and now we have the book in our hand. Yeah, it was a fun journey. It really was. Hey, I didn't tell you I was going to ask you this, but it occurred to me that your listeners would probably like to have a quick thumbnail of your your career. I have a lot of uh, followers of Christ that listen to this program, and uh, you've had an interesting career, Biola, and then, yeah, just give a highlight of what you did after you left Biola. Well, um, yeah, you know, I I was a dean of students at Biola, and uh, I've I've always kind of been career wise, I've always kind of been in leadership positions, and you know, lower levels, but had a few people under me, and I I um, enjoyed working with people and guiding people and listening to them and kind of being their person to help them get to the next level. Uh, then. Um, I was the dean of student life at Biola. Then uh, I left and I went up to a place called Forest Home Christian Conference Center, ended up working there about 20 years, um, and really worked with people at all ages because it, it was a family camp. And so I just kind of saw this whole thing of how people are at different ages, but um, ended up ultimately uh, wanting to kind of move beyond that, ended up joining Operation Mobilization and uh, was the president of OMUSA for 14 years. And this is kind of the career change that we talked about earlier. After about 14 years, I, I still had passion and energy, but it's like I just felt like somebody younger should step in. I just felt like somebody um, should take that. And I didn't want to be the kind of command and control guy anymore. I really wanted to kind of reflect on my life and my career, and I really wanted to kind of guide people and advise people. So I took this role in OM, we would call this the North American Area Leader, where uh, I'm kind of one of the eight leaders of um, the elders of of the movement of OM. We have about 3,500 people around the world working in 110 countries. So I went into this advisory role more. And now, just recently, and this is just as uh, recent as last week, I actually uh, resigned that position, and I'm now becoming, uh, they're calling it the special assistant to the international director, but I'm just coming into situations around the world that things are going on and just getting in this, hey, I've I've kind of been around, I've made some mistakes, and if I just share nothing more than the, the mistakes I've made, I think I can help people a lot in their path. So it's been that whole career movement, and that's a lot of what the book talks about. It kind of reminds me of uh, necessary endings at this stage in life. When you get into your 60s and 70s, there are necessary endings, things you have to give up and say goodbye to. And our uh, premise is, hey, there is some great stuff that you, wonderful beginnings, great new things you can begin, even though you have to say goodbye to some things. You're also fortunate, Rick, you're in an organization where you can float around and move around. And I know. A lot of people don't have that luxury, do they? No, they don't. And that's, the again, the reason for the book is to say, start thinking about this as early as you can. Uh, you know, even I, I teach some leadership seminars and some kind of life development seminars. And 
uh, when we get into projects, I always say, you know what, you want to start with the ending in mind. Uh, where is this going to go? And we're saying right now, if you're in your 50s, uh, you might want to start thinking about what do you want to do when you're in your 60s and start making steps towards doing that. And it might be buying a house in an area where you want to live. We talk about location later on uh, in another podcast, uh, but you might want to make sure that financially you're setting aside enough. And if there's something new that you want to do, you might start taking classes or learning things in your 50s to prepare you for what you want to do when you can make more day-to-day choices. So start now. Awesome. Hey, I have a question for you. I, I just told a little about my career. Hans, maybe you could tell us a bit about your career journey as well. Yeah, well, I also spent my, most of my career in the nonprofit world and um, world venture. Uh, we were overseas. You know, you spent a lot of your career overseas. And then for 20 years, I was the CEO of just a very uh, satisfying, significant role of uh, leading this ministry around the world, uh, 70 countries. But when I transitioned around 60 years of age, I, I you know, I kind of got bored and I kind of lost my passion. And you, the things that really, really get you stoked up and motivated in your 40s don't necessarily when you hit your 60s. And it's not that I didn't have a great job, and uh, I loved my job, but I became I kind of lost the heart and passion. And so um, I decided to leave, step out on my own. I've talked a lot about that journey in my podcast and in my uh, passion book. But yeah, so I decided, and it ended up, it took me a couple of years to let go. And so about age 62, I, I've launched the Encore that, that I'm in the middle of now and enjoying so very much. Uh, Rick, let's talk a little bit about your educational background. You you have a, and this is one reason you and I decided to write the book is because we both bring something very unique and different to the table. And, and it became very obvious to us that we would be a great match. So tell us about your background educationally. Well, you know, I, I grew up in the 60s and I, and I was kind of a product of kind of the hippie movement. Um, and I, I kind of grew up in a bit of a turbulent family situation. I mean, and who didn't really? I mean, most families are dysfunctional if you look deep enough or far enough. And, and my family had its issues. I, I loved my family and they were great to me, but, uh, I, I just, I, all that to say, I wasn't a very good student and, uh, I got kicked out of high school, um, and had to end up in some kind of continuation, you know, kind of reform school environment. Uh, finally made it out of that, and um, and then I went to junior college, and I got kicked out of junior college. You know, and you got to have a strategy to get yeah, kicked that, out of that's a college. That's a tough one. <laughs> well, yeah, that's where you go when you can't get into real college, and I couldn't make it there. So I knew I had some academic issues floating around in my head. There was a there were a lot of things floating around in my head. That might have been the problem. <laughs> um, then, and then I got my life sorted out spiritually, and uh, and I started maturing a little bit. And then I went back to school, and I and my dad gave me some great advice. Then he said, he said, Rick, just do the stuff you like, and you're going to be a lot happier. And my dad was this engineer type, and all this math and slide rules back in the day, and all this stuff. And I just could never relate to that. Well, I go to college, and I get a degree in recreation. Um, and that's like, a, that's a degree in playing. Well, I was pretty good at playing. 
but then uh, in doing that recreation, you have to look at the different stages of people uh, and you do recreation at different stages, different ways. And that's, I said, wow, that, why are people so different? And I really got interested in studying why people are different at different ages. Um, and then I went on and got a master's uh, in uh, sociology, but it was really student development, and it was studying students and that particular stage um, of of being a student, and very unique things, very formative time, of course, and that really got me interested. Wow, college students are really unique. I got excited about studying that, and so then I went on to Claremont um, and uh, got in their PhD program, and I really focused on lifespan development um, so developmental psychology and organizational psychology. So I studied how people grow and develop over time and how they apply that to work. And then one of the pluses as uh, part of that program that I had access to was Peter Drucker. Um, and so I got to take classes with Peter Drucker and I got to meet with Peter. And you talk about wisdom. This guy he just in the in the organizational world, he just was in my mind spot on on how you deal with people and situations. And and Hans, I was just mentioning to you the other day, I just was reading a book about Peter, and he's talking and he commented on this very thing that our book is about here that I thought was great. Um, Peter uh, really looked at the, his life and he coached a guy um, named Bob Buford who wrote a book halftime. And that's about your second half of life you should, in work, you should really make significant. And then Peter goes on to comment and he says, you know, when you get older, it's not even about that second half of life. And Peter would say right now, I'm in my third half. And that's what our book is really about. It's not about finishing your job well and finding um, significance. It's once kind of what we call traditional work is over, then what do you do with your life? And that's the third half. And as we go into our book, there's so much time left uh, after we retire, and we're going to talk about retirement later. There's so much time left. It's a whole new stage. And what do you do in that new stage? Could be 20, 30 years. Our book is saying, how do you finish well in that third half? And some of that thinking came from Peter Drucker. Yeah, I think we we note that uh, the old paradigm uh, maybe our grandparents uh they you know they worked their whole life a lot of times with the same company they retired at 65 and generally they died especially men not soon after but now we're all expected the average life expectancy is 85 so even if you retire in your 60s there's another good 20 years what Drucker calls the third half yeah. So that that was my education. Hans, tell us a little bit about your education. You took a little different route than I did, and that's what makes our book blend so well, I think. It is kind of funny that two very underachieving guys became overachievers because <laughs> I, too, was a child of the 60s. You and I are the same age, and uh, I, too, was stoned during most of the 60s. <laughs> Had a lot of stuff swirling around in my head. That was not good, and uh, I dropped out of high school, but I managed to graduate from high school. I didn't, it didn't like I got kicked out. I just chose not to go, but I did finish. Went ahead and got my uh, master's at Dallas, and then uh, I got a doctorate as well. But I, I became fascinated with the topic of leadership. So 
my doctorate is just in the field of leadership under another great guru called Bobby Clinton. Some of you might know Dr. Bobby Clinton, who was at Fuller uh, School of Intercultural Studies. He had a profound effect on me. And and I love the topic of leadership because leaders make things happen. And history is the story of leadership, great leaders and, and terrible leaders. And of course, when I got to the ending stage of my main act career, I realized a lot of people don't handle leadership transitions well. And one of the things I've observed is mostly uh, you do more damage if you stay too long than if you leave too soon. And I keep running into people who are hanging on to jobs that they really don't like anymore because they're afraid of what's next. And that's just the perfect segue into... Again, why we wrote this book, because you and I have gone through this journey, and, and our passion is to help other people not be afraid of it, but get excited about what's next. Rick, let me ask you in a few words, uh, how would you describe the book? Again, the uh, case, uh, the book is Launch Your Encore, Finding Meaning and Purpose Later in Life, uh, released by Baker Books. Well, I guess in a few words, what we're trying to get through in this book is that as we come towards the end of our career. And, you know, you and I talk a lot about just a side note here. You and I talk a lot about retirement. And, and for a long time, we've kind of said, you know what, we hate the word retirement. Um, and I think to be truthful, it's not retirement or the word retirement that we hate. It's probably the misconception of retirement, of people thinking, oh, once I get through with work, I can just go sit on a beach for the rest of my life. I can play golf every day. I can collect seashells. And what we have found and through our own lives and talking to many, many other people is that that becomes pretty shallow pretty quick. And you have to find this meaning and purpose. And so it's, it's not the retirement that we hate. It's the misconception. And we were even going to remember we were going to title the book, uh, retirement is a four letter word. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, our publishers didn't think that would be a very <laughs> healthy thing to do. But we want to make the idea, we want to present the idea of this uh, book that you can be intentional about your retirement. Uh, you can find the meaning and purpose for you. And as we've talked to so many people in writing this book, uh, everybody has a different idea of what will fulfill their days and what will be meaningful. And uh, so we're not telling people what to do. We're giving people a pathway to identify what will be their meaning, purpose, and find adventure in that last 20, 30 years of their life that most people growing up maybe weren't expecting that they would have this not employed, engaged 20 to 30 year period. And when then when you get as, at our age and you look at that, it's like a smack in the face, isn't it, Hans? You look and you kind of go, what am I going to do with this time and how am I going to live? So Right. There's a lot of questions, a lot of, a lot of choices. 
Okay, well, that was my soapbox on what uh, <laughs> th- that, those weren't my few words. That was my soapbox on retirement. Yes. But in a few words, how I would describe the book is basically just to tell people uh, that it, this is they're changing times, and there's a whole new paradigm for how we live uh, after we finish our main act, work or role. And that what we want to do is describe in this book how the times changed and why it's different. We want to give people a roadmap on how they can navigate that third half more successfully. Um, And uh, we want to give them a bit of a workbook and uh, some direction on how they can find a meaning and purpose. Love it. Fantastic. And what about you? How would you describe this book in a few words in the elevator speech, as they call it? <laughs> yeah, well, I, th- I think I like the idea. We want, we want to give people a roadmap to answer the question, what's next? Uh, you and I were at a coffee shop when we were working on this book uh, about a year, a little over a year ago. And you remember we asked, there were a whole bunch of guys there. and We were asking them, what comes to your mind when you think of the word retirement? And, oh, yeah. and we got as many different answers as there were people there. And in fact, in the beginning of the book, we, we talk about a lot of people's reaction. And if you're listening right now, and if we were to ask you what, uh, what comes to your mind when you think the word retirement, you know, we got a lot of positive feedback and a lot of negative feedback. So I like your correction that it's not that we hate the concept, we just hate it's a loaded word that in our minds has a lot of negativity around um, just kind of, I don't know, being put out to pasture. And we, yeah, I, it's the misconception yeah. of, of finishing. Because yeah. to me, it goes along, I'm getting away from my elevator speech. So my short answer is it's a roadmap uh, to help us answer the question, what's next? Uh, you know, we have a couple minutes left, Rick. Tell us, tell about that couple we met at that hotel in California when we were working on the book. Yeah, Hans and I got together um, in Laguna Beach to to just before a few weeks before the book was uh, due, and we were really jamming together for about three days of finishing this thing. And we go out into the lobby. This is a very kind of upscale hotel, and. Um, we go out in the lobby and there's this couple, they're about our age. And, you know, Hans and I were pretty social guys. So I just kind of heard those guys talking and they were just kind of jabbering about why they were there. And I go, well, why, why did you guys come here this week? And they go, you know, it, it's interesting. Um, they said, we are here because we want to talk about our future. We're about ready to walk away from, the, you know, the company that we own. I kind of interrupt. I go, you know, we're here. We're writing a book on that very topic. Uh, and they just they just freaked out. They go, you know what? We 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 have all the pieces of the puzzle. We just don't know what to do in the future. We don't know how to put this thing together. They wanted the book right on the spot. Of course, we hadn't <laughs> finished writing it. But they're, I think they kind of typify uh, what we have seen in so many people. And that is there's this kind of big, vague thing out there called post-work, and we don't know what to do, we don't know how to approach it, and we don't even know what we're up against. And boy, when we told them about this book, they just absolutely freaked out. And uh, I think I actually took their number down. I think I said, you know what, because we're going to use your story in the book. I, I, I said, I'll send you a copy. So I think I have their address, and now we can send them a copy. But we find so many people 
saying, we're just not sure what to do next. Yeah, you know, that illustrates a great point that people who were extremely successful in their career, and they built a very successful company, but they are selling it and walking away from it, and they don't feel extremely competent about this next phase. Yeah, and, that's so true. You know, and it's uh, it's different things for different people. Let me just say one other word that I hate, Rick. <laughs> I hate <laughs> I hate the word senior. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, I will never, as old as I get, maybe in my eighties, I'll be okay with the word senior. But we were actually in a church, and they called their group that was fifty five and older the senior group. And we ended up leaving that church. And one of the reasons we left was I was like. God, do not put that label on me. Again, to me, it means I'm put out to pasture. I'm no longer in mainstream society. And and uh, the West, we're going to talk in a, in a subsequent podcast about how the, especially in America and in Europe, they put people in retirement homes. Uh, that's not been true historically, and it's not true in many other countries of the world. But I guess that's why I hate the word. I don't want to ever be put out to pasture. No. And that, again, the, the purpose of the book is to say, if you can be intentional and if you can think through what's going on and we give you the things in the book to think through. And, and some of many people, they already know all of that. But sometimes if you read a book like this, it just organizes your thoughts to kind of say, okay, this is how I got here. This is what I'm up against. Here are some steps. And here could be results, good or bad. So I think we have a, it's a, you know, it's a short little book. It's a clear pathway. Uh, and I, and I think that helps, but Hey, can I go back and make, I think we have a couple more minutes here. Sure. Uh, uh, you were just talking about illustrations of, of people that are successful at work, but not knowing what to do next. I, I was uh, in the South and I met this uh, very successful doctor uh, and he built a practice and he built a whole medical staff around him. And he had like about 15, 20 doctors working for him. And he became so successful that he kind of quit what he was doing, went to Africa and started a medical clinic there. And then political problems kicked him out of Africa. He came back. And now this guy is, this guy is 55 and I'm talking to him and he's got all this stuff behind him. And when I mentioned this book, he just said, uh, this is a guy you'd think that knows everything about life. He could figure it out. His game plan should be perfect. And he says, I just don't know what to do next. I, I don't know if I want to do medical stuff anymore. I've spent so much of my life working so hard. How can I just be who I am for the next period of my life? And so it's just there are stories and stories of people that are just saying, wow, what is the next step? All right. <laughs> well, we're excited about the book. I think you all can tell by uh, listening. We have two more podcasts coming up where we're going to break down some of the content of the book. So the next two podcasts will be, uh, again, Rick will be my guest, and we're going to dive deeper. We've kind of only covered the surface here. Uh, the book is now available. You can go get it on Kindle or paperback, wherever books are sold. And uh, just if you happen to want to learn more about us, you can go to launchyourencore.com, which is a website Rick and I developed just for the book. Uh, you can even book us to speak to your over 50 group on this topic. You mean the seniors group, Hans? <laughs> That's exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, 
uh, you know, the old guys, the old guys. Yeah, we're also really honored that Dan Miller of the 48 Days of Fame wrote the uh, preface to the book. If you want to download for free the preface, the introduction, and the first chapter, you can get that at LauncherEncore.com. So thanks for being on the show today, Rick. Happy to be with you, Hans. And we will see you again in the next episode. This has been Hans Finzel. Thank you for listening to the Leadership Answer Man. Remember that leaders make great things happen. We can always take our leadership to the next level. What are your leadership questions that I can answer for you on a future podcast? Please write me at hansfinzel.com and check out my leadership resources. And sign up for my free email updates. I hope you keep listening and learning and that you go out there this week and make a difference with your leadership.